My friend Steve Walker, a very successful dyslexic entrepreneur, tells me all the time that you could not pay him enough money to go back to any type of school setting. He even says he would sooner kill himself than go back to school. Yet, in the same breath, he will also say that you could not give him enough money to take away his dyslexia because it is part of who he is. Many times when I was in school or taking a standardized test, I rejected an accommodation because I was embarrassed and ashamed. I did not want to stand out, or I was frustrated it would take too much effort to get permission to have my exam read aloud to me. Sometimes the shame runs so deep that a child wants to get away from it all entirely. In 2010, an eight-year-old boy in Texas who was having trouble reading jumped out of a second-floor window of his school to get away from the teasing he endured for being different. He was relatively unscathed. A bush cushioned his fall. But his story illustrates the lengths some of us will go to to escape the shame and embarrassment we feel about being not normal. If you can help your child learn to embrace himself for who he is at a young age, you'll avoid much of the pain Steve, the boy in Texas, and I endured. For these reasons, it's crucial that everyone in your family embraces the child's learning profile. These stories illustrate the dark side of how some schools handle dyslexia. The majority of teachers and administrators are well-intentioned and look for ways to help your child. However, they often miss the most important point, which is that the goal is not to fix your child. Your child is not broken. The goal instead is to play to your child's strengths, support his weaknesses, and give him access to information. Throughout this book, I've tried to provide you with a realistic picture of how school officials are likely to behave. My hope is that you'll have great teachers and a wonderfully cooperative administration, but I also want you to be prepared in case you have to deal with schools that are not cooperative or even downright hostile to the idea that your child has a right to a free and appropriate education. Once you've moved past the idea of brokenness, dyslexia remains difficult to define. Oddly, there's no clear agreement among experts as to what constitutes dyslexia. Here is my definition, based on the latest science and my personal experience in the community. Dyslexia is a genetic, brain-based characteristic that results in difficulty connecting the sounds of spoken language to written words. It can result in errors in reading or spelling as well as in a number of areas not considered major life activities, such as determining right or left. Individuals who are dyslexic can be highly independent and intelligent. Dyslexia is also characterized by a set of strengths that typically come with this profile in one or more of the following areas. Verbal, social, narrative, spatial, kinesthetic, visual, mathematical, or musical skills. Overall, it is characterized by an increased ability to perceive broad patterns and a reduced ability to perceive fine detail in systems. Throughout this book, I use the word dyslexia to describe a range of specific learning disabilities, SLDs, that include dysgraphia, difficulty with handwriting and written communication, dyscalculia, difficulty with mathematical formulas, dyspraxia, kinesthetic and motor impairments, and central auditory processing disorder, difficulty interpreting speech. 
The underlying experience of shame and being an outsider is quite uniform across the populations of people with SLDs, as well as for children who have been identified as having attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, either on its own or accompanying any of these other profiles. Even within the specific family of dyslexia, there is a tremendous range of what this profile can look like. This is true for both our weaknesses as well as our strengths. If your child does not fit exactly into any of these definitions, it is still possible that his school would consider him to have an SLD, often referred to as learning disorder not otherwise specified. The fundamental challenge is that if you look up dyslexia or any of these other terms in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, you would find a definition for a host of disorders that make people not normal. But there's no clinical definition of normal. 